We are recording and Presley, you are starting in three, two, one. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Positive Deposit Podcast, where we are transforming minds to change lives. I am your host, Presley Nelson Jr., two-time cancer survivor of large B-cell lymphoma and classic Hodgkin's lymphoma stage four. Tonight, today, we have a great guest and um, it's, uh, it's, I'm smiling so much right now because we actually played against each other. Um, you know, back probably four years ago as Hardwood Heroes, I have Ryan Fusion with me tonight. And I'm just so, so excited about the conversation we're about to have. Uh, Ryan, um, I'll let you introduce yourself and then we'll, we'll get started. Sure, yeah, thanks for that introduction. I'm, I'm happy to do this. I'm, I'm excited to, to be here. Uh, I'm a, I guess, 11 year survivor of non-seminoma testicular cancer. Uh, happy to talk about that tonight and, and talk about my journey. Awesome, awesome. And um, so let's get right into it. So when were you diagnosed and um, what year are we at when that happened? Yeah, I was diagnosed in September of 2009. Oh, September 2009. Okay. Now, when how did you find out about your diagnosis? Sure. Yeah, when I was when I was growing up, I got a Men's Health magazine. I used to have a subscription to that when I was I don't know 17. No, was it? Yo, wait. Was it Men's Health magazine like really cool? <laughs> back in the day, it was. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it's like now, but sure. Back, back on the, then. It's on a milk carton now. That's probably <laughs> probably so. <laughs> probably a digital website or something nowadays. Right, right. So, so anyways, I read an article in there about uh, self-checks, uh, just like women do for their breasts, but self, self-checking self your testicles for, for lumps. Okay. And that I was a bit of a hypochondriac growing up. And so, you know, right away, I, you know, I started doing those monthly, monthly checks. And as the years went on, you know, kind of, I don't know how you are with flossing, but with me with flossing, it kind of gets like I ebb and flow, like with my dentist appointments. Right, right, you know, right. Flossing tends to get more intense before the dentist. Don't you hate, by the way, don't you hate when you go to the dentist and the dentist always says, you need to floss a little bit more. And you, you know, deep inside, you're like, yeah, you're right. But uh, I'm going to do better next time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So anyways, I, I hadn't done a self-check for a while. And I had the thought to, to do a check while I was getting in the shower one day and uh, gotten, you know, did my check and, and felt a lump and you know, everything kind of cascaded from there. So Ryan, what goes into a check? Like, so for those, for, for us men who are just kind of just going through our day to day and not really worrying about it, what, what is it all involved in doing a, a, a check? Sure, yeah, typically I guess they recommend you're in the shower because there's things are, are looser and, and everything and you just, you know, you, you take your testicle through your, um, your, your fingers and just kind of roll over just to make sure it's smooth and, and not, not like hard like a rock. So yeah. if, you, if you feel something that's, you know, harder like a rock or, you know, bigger in size, or you've got a lump on there, that's an indication that you got to get something checked out. Gotcha. So, so, so one day you were doing your, your, your check in, you got a lump. Um, do you, do you immediately go to the hospital? What happened? No, so right away, my first thoughts are denial, right? Like, ah, oh, no, this, no, no, you know, I check it again just to make sure it's still there. Right. Uh, 
you know, after the kind of the denial wears off, I, I started to look for doctors, right? Checked out, could be something else. Right. Could yeah, right. So I, as immediately as I think that next day at work, I was trying to, uh, you know, find a doctor that I could get into pretty quickly. Right, right. Um, so once you found a doctor, um, did he just immediately tell you? I mean, did he do another check? Like, how did, how does this all go down in the, in the, in the doctor's office? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, get to the doctor's office. Uh, he goes and does another check. You know, the first thing he does after he's done with the check is, as well, it might be an infection. So let's, okay. let me give you some antibiotics and we'll take care, you know, take care of it. But while, while we're doing that, I, I need you to get an ultrasound. And, uh, you know, you can just go downstairs, we'll get you, we'll get you right in line or get you in right away. I'm, I'm thinking, well, okay, this might be something more serious if I'm, you know, getting ahead of people for the ultrasounds, because typically you got to schedule those in advance. Right. So I got into the ultrasound and had the most awkward ultrasound I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I can only imagine. I mean, I'm not laughing at you, man, but I could just imagine that I had to get an ultrasound on my liver, but just somebody is holding and putting in the gel and just yeah yeah ah. it's not it's not a pleasant experience but you, you got to find some humor in it right <laughs> uh, so violated got the trying to get better <laughs> yeah 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 got got the ultrasound uh, from that point in time they wouldn't really let me leave the office they also took some blood as well okay. which is important because it it can show elevated tumor markers in there right. that they look for for testicular cancer yeah so get all that done, get back to the doctor's office, and they wouldn't let me leave. They're like, no, you need to stay here. You know, just, just stay here and let's wait for the results. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting. I was supposed to go back to work, and I had to call work. I'm like, hey, I'm not, you know, I'm still at the doctor's office. You know, I'll, I'll be back when I can. Right. It's probably two, three hours later, you know, everything comes together. They call me back in, and, and the doctor, well, let me back to it. You know, I, I'm on the phone with, with my wife at the time. She Right. She called and was wondering where I was at, and you know she kind of came in with the kids, and it was kind of almost like a family experience that you know, we went in there, and the doctor, you know, told me, or she told me that I, you know, I had cancer. With my my two oldest were in school, my youngest was but nine months old, so she was there. What was that? What was that? The first emotion, the first reaction when you know um, you were told that you have testicular cancer. Yeah, well, my first cancer, or first reaction was that I, I'm going to beat this, uh, you know. Well, you already came into my said, hey, I'm about to, it's about to be. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a, yeah, I'm an athlete growing up, you know, I'm a fairly competitive person, and as soon as I heard that, I, my thoughts went away, like, okay, I'm not going to die, I'm, I'm going to beat this, and I just don't know how yet, but I'm going to do it. Oh, man, that's, man, you, you're one of a kind, because I'll, I'll tell you, when I found out, I was scared. I was, I was crying. I was, I was shook just because I was like the why me, you know, um, yeah. that meant that mentality was um, embedded in my head um, until I had to really like get myself back together. And so um, it's good that, you know, being athletic and I'm sure you play basketball. Was there any other sports that you played? I played, yeah, football and baseball and stuff growing up. So you were jack of all trades. Okay. All right. <laughs> and so, so now that you already have the mindset that, you know, hey, I'm going to go beat this and things of that nature, what was your treatment plan like? 
Sure. So I had, so the, the chemotherapy, I don't remember the drugs anymore, but the, the plan was four cycles over four months, okay. which is basically, you know, two weeks on, it ended up being four months. It's supposed to be a little bit uh, shorter, but two weeks on, a week off, two weeks on, a week off, et cetera. But I had to get some extension in there because my, I don't know if you've experienced this, but if your, your blood counts get too low, they, they don't want to push you through another round of chemo. I hated that. Because yeah. I'm like, I'm ready to go. No, you got to wait, Mr. Nelson. You got to come back. And, and so it does extend it. So I definitely uh, uh, understand. Now, you had to get, uh, when I was reading, um, you know, your article and, and just like I saw the presentation, you had to not only get an aggressive chemo therapy, but there were some side effects with that. Talk to us about that. Yeah, sure. So yeah, I had quite a few side effects. I, I call myself the human medicine cabinet for, for a while there. I was, I had, uh, you know, obviously I lost my hair, which a lot of yeah. people do. Uh, I had mouth sores pretty bad where it, it felt like, you know, knives were jamming into your mouth every time you're trying to eat. Uh, I had acid reflux really bad. Um, and then just, just overall fatigue, I lost 50 pounds. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. You lost 50 pounds? Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah, it was. I mean, how much did you weigh before you lost the 50 pounds? Maybe it won't be that bad. Yeah, so I mean, I was 220-ish. Okay. So I could have lost a little bit, but yeah, I didn't need to be, you know, 170 when I was done, so. <laughs> now, was that 170, like, now you got abs, you cut, and things of that nature, or no. it was, okay. No, 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 I was like, a, I looked like a ghoul. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's not funny, but I mean, I'm sure, like, it was a, it was a shocker. Um, my second time, I lost 45 pounds. Yeah, so you know how it goes, huh? Yeah, and that was scary. So I can only imagine. Um, and so, how long did you have? You did the four months of treatment. Was you did? Did you have to do radiation? Um, what no, other? No. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was say just straight chemo. So uh, this in intravenous chemo drugs is what I had to do. So, uh, so you did chemo. Um, now, most people that have testicular cancer, they usually have to go through surgery. Did you have to go through surgery as well? Oh, yes. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I had my, my testicle had to be removed um, for sure. Uh, I had an ultrasound done just to make sure that the cancer hadn't metastasized anywhere else in my body, which yeah. luckily it hadn't. Right, right. But it, but it had spread in my blood, so that's why I needed the chemo and, as opposed to just surgery. So... Um... Why do why do you have why did you have to get the surgery? Did it, did the cancer just spread too much where like that that one testicle just was done for or like why why do people have to get surgery? Yeah, I mean I guess it can still spread, right? I mean that's an active tumor in there, and it's, it's you know I guess it's not easy to remove a tumor from a testicle. I mean, my you know, testicle had swollen uh, in between yeah. the time I found found a, the tumor and between the time I actually had surgery, it, it almost probably doubled in size. So it was, it was growing pretty quickly. Wow. So now, now that you only have one testicle, did you feel like, you know, your manhood was taken away? Uh, I mean, no, not really. I mean, it's, it's more of a, a joke. I tell, you know, I'm half the man I used to be, but I'm a better man now because what I've gone through. I like, I like that. That's, that's real, that's real catchy, real, you know, real suave with it. Like, wait, I'm half a man I am, but I'm better now. So that's right. Program. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. And so you went through this and uh, so what was the time span that you went through, you know, just this, just the treatment and then the surgery? 
Yeah, so my, it was late September and I got done, I think right before my youngest birthday, which was uh, like December 18th around that time. So, um, what was, yeah, September, October, November, yeah. September, October, November, December. So about four months there. Wow. So um, I'm gonna switch gears and so to where we met. And um, how did you learn about the Hardwood Heroes? Like, how did you hear about the program and, and um, things of that nature? Yeah, actually my boss at work, his, his mom worked in the young adult uh, cancer survivor support group at MD Anderson. Yeah. And she had, was given the, the casting call or something. I don't know if you got a casting call, but the, I forget the name of the New York agency that was, was looking for people. She sent it to him as like, hey, do you know anybody you know, who would be you know, willing to do this? Yeah. And my boss knew that I was, I was a cancer survivor and I, I had played basketball growing up. So he shot it over to me and kind of just went from there. How did you like that experience? I mean, I think it was, it was obviously it's a once in a lifetime experience, right? I mean, yeah. get a good to play in the final four floor, you know, Crazy. met great people like yourself, you know, yeah. this kind of instantaneous family, how we just kind of all gel together. And I think that was maybe the greatest final four ever, right? Or at least championship game. Oh yeah, that that Villanova win was crazy. Yeah, was crazy, crazy stuff. And just all the events around it, and, and even going to Nashville afterwards, right? That was amazing. Presentation and and all that kind of stuff. That was. Did you make that trip? I did. So yeah, I was there too, and um, I just remember that one walking into that room. Right, you walk into the room, you see all these people because. My friend actually was in Texas and she found out about it and she was, she was part of my business fright. And so she told me, um, well, I know they're doing a casting call in Texas, but just try it out. And right. so I did it and I was like, man, I hope I get in because I'm a big like March madness, um, junkie. And, um, when I got the call, I was like, yes. And so <laughs> it was, it was, it was actually to your point, one of the best, uh, final, final games, like, to every bit of it, it was amazing. And, and um, I'm glad that I was able to meet you and all the, the rest of the team. And I'm glad that we still keep in contact and still support each other just right here. And so, um, so what is, what, was li what is life like after, you know, um, your treatment and, and just surviving testicular cancer? Like what, um, how did that change your aspect of, uh, you know, outlook on life, excuse me? Yeah, I mean, I always was a, a positive person uh, anyways. Uh, I, I always tried to be. Again, uh, I think it just, just growing up is, you know, life throws you challenges. Uh, I, I think I became even more grateful for, for small things. And one thing we haven't talked about is, you know, the, for me, the treatment was only half the battle. You know, I was, I was mentally prepared, I guess, for that. And I thought as soon as the treatment was done, you know, a week or two later, bam, I'm going to be back. I'm going to be hundred percent going, living life like, like normal. But that was not the case for me. Uh, cause I, I had, uh, I ended up with neuropathy, uh, chemotherapy induced neuropathy. And what that really feels like is it feels like if you've ever hit your funny bone before and you get that numbing, burning, tingling sensation kind yeah. of into your, you know, through your elbow all the way through your hands. Right. I had that mainly in my, more so in my feet, but also yeah. into my hands where I couldn't do anything. And I was very fatigued as well. Um, so I, I mean, I could stand for not very long at all. Uh, could, if I went to the store, I could probably walk maybe 15, 20 minutes before the pain was just too much and I had to, had to sit down. I even had a handicap sticker. 
So and that's how, how crazy it was. And for, for someone being athletic like I was growing up, it was, I didn't know if I'd ever run again. I didn't know if I'd ever work out again or, or do anything. So that, to me, that was very challenging. Um, Were you depressed at that time? Did, did you have any, you know, signs of depression during um, that? I don't know if I was depressed. I, I always just tried to, again, I tried to be positive about it. I was like, yeah. if I said this, if this is what my life is going to be like, if, you know, 70% is better than being dead. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just make any adjustment I need to make to keep living. And at the same time, I'm trying to find ways to get better, right? I'm visiting this doctor and that doctor and this doctor and, uh, you know, nobody can really help me. And so I went to see a naturopathic doctor and um, had a blood test done and uh, found out that I was intolerant to fruit. Whoa. Which, uh, when, when you're intolerant to something, it, it builds up toxicity in your body. Yeah. And once I found that out, I eliminated fruit from my diet and started some supplementation and I started getting better. Oh, wow. To the point if to, you, you talk about Hardwood Heroes, if that game is held even a year or two earlier, I wouldn't have been able to play because I wouldn't have been able to run or jump or do anything. So it's just so, a great blessing for me. Yeah. No, I mean, man, that's crazy. Cause I, it makes me think about, so the second time that I was diagnosed and I, I went through this 12 rounds of chemo, which is always annoying that the, the chemo is just annoying sitting in yeah, a chair for like four hours and just watching it drip, 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 or you fall asleep. Um, I had, um, there was a lot of neuropathy um, in my feet and it was starting in my fingers and my hands and, but it was really bad on my feet and to the point where it would cramp up, like the nerves would cramp oh, yeah. up. And yep. I did like, I, I was timbering and it actually, it was, um, it, it wasn't embarrassing, but it, it sucked because that happened to me while I was at work. Uh, you know, so this is, this is post-treatment and, um, it, I just didn't know when it was going to be over, you know? Um, and they say like, it just takes, uh, you know, it takes time. It just all depends because it didn't happen that way um, the first time. And so um, I know how it feels, you know, to, to be, I wouldn't say crippled, but I should have asked for a disability sticker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually should have inquired about that. But, um, you know, that's, that's sometimes that's the side effect of chemotherapy. And a lot of times people don't realize that, you know, um, yeah. And um, it's and every and for everybody is different, and so um, I'm glad that you um, were able to you know heal so you can play because I you I mean you were a beast. I'm not in front. You are you 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 have the height, but you were scoring buckets, and I'm glad I didn't have to guard you because I probably would have been very embarrassed yeah. <laughs> to, to guard I, you. I appreciate that. You you weren't too bad yourself. I had about uh, six points, I believe, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had about six points. Um, and so now what do you do now? Um, where, where are you working? I mean, and because um, I saw that you did the, um, the workshop, right? Do you do those often? You know, I know that's a, that was a probably a big, uh, big stage and a big honor to be uh, selected to do that. Yeah, so, so I work for a French multinational company now, and uh, we have uh, business resource groups for our, for our various employee groups. We have one for African Americans, we've got one for women, we've got one for Asian Americans, and et cetera. Oh, we got something like that at Wells Fargo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Team, team member networks with depending on like the different uh, areas of interest, yeah. Right, yeah, so, so, that, so the one that's called Alwin, which is our women's organization, was the one that I worked with to kind of put the workshop together. 
Right. And it was, it was for a National Cancer Survivor Day. I, I, you know, ever since, ever since going through what I've been through, I feel like I found a purpose in my life. Okay. And one, and one of those, that purpose is to impact people for good, no matter what it's in, whether it's coaching sports, whether it's being a good boss or, you know, in church or whatever. I just want to touch people for good. And this event was kind of, you know, part of, I guess, that, that purpose or, or mission that I feel in my life is I just wanted to give something back. So we covered, um, you know, cancer prevention, we covered, you know, nutrition, we covered um, caregiving, because I think caregivers are often kind of the forgotten heroes of, yeah. of this and, and, and other things, uh, just to bring awareness to people and, and have that, I guess, on their mind for National Cancer Survivor Day. You just mentioned something, and I, I don't think we touched on it. Um, but how how good was your support system, you know, and how 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 important was it to have a a, a strong support system? Yeah, so uh, I think our so support system was was amazingly well, given the fact that that I was diagnosed with cancer three months after moving to Houston, and. You know, we didn't have any family here or anything. It was just just us moving here for work, uh, yeah. and so we didn't know anybody really outside of our church family. And our, our church family really stepped up, and it was <laughs> to this day very, very amazing what That's they did. Uh, God is good, definitely. See, God yeah. is dependable. <laughs> yes, He is. All right. Amen, brother. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, any, anything from like mowing my lawn to bringing meals in to you know, taking care of my kids to uh, taking me to appointments, all those kind of things was, was, uh, was amazing. Uh, you know, my, my ex-wife, she, you know, she did you know, a lot to take care of me and the kids during the time. So that's, uh, I had a pretty good support system given that you know, we were here by ourselves. And obviously we had some family fly in during this yeah. time as well to help, uh, but it, it, was, it, was, it was good, very humbling. And that's amazing to have like your church family, you know, take these things off your plate, especially the things that you probably are kind of so in routine and doing. Um, it's it's always good to have a good support system. And, it, and that's 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 that was the blessing. You guys come to a, sp a space where you don't have any family and things of that nature and, and the church stepped in. And I'm sure um, that uh, grew your faith during this that during that process. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's not an accident that I just happened to be in Houston when I got diagnosed with cancer, right? If, if you're going to get diagnosed with cancer, you know, Houston, you know, is one of the top places in the world to be, right? I mean, yeah. all the MD Anderson and all the great other hospitals that are here that are just, just great at treating cancer and, and getting people healthy. That's amazing. So let's talk about Houston. What's, what's, what's your, your five maybe your, your top spots for Houston as far as, cause I know I heard Texas got good barbecue, but you know, like where, where are the spots? For barbecue, you gotta go to, you gotta hit Killens. This is down in, in uh, I guess South of Houston. But a lot of the good barbecues in Austin as well. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a, uh, golly, I can't think of the thing, the name right now. Uh, Lilling Market is great. There's, okay. um, what else? You got to hit some burger joints, like uh, the Hubcap Grill is great. Uh, okay. My favorite burger joint just closed, uh, unfortunately, during the pandemic, but they were Bernie's well, Burger what Bus. What spot was that? Yeah. What spot was that? It was Bernie's Burger Bus. Okay. Started as a food, started as a food truck and then branched into, I think, 
three or four restaurants and it just didn't survive the pandemic eventually. You know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, businesses are, you know, pushing through as best as they can, but, um, you know, I, they may, they may come back. You never know. You never know. Hopefully. Crossing fingers. <laughs> hey, or you can start the franchise and see, then, you know, that's, a, that's, that's another story, you know, that's you, right. you, you help them survive. That's right. <laughs> I like the way you think. Hey, hey, you got to you got think forward, think forward. Um, so, so Ryan, um, you know, I know that we have another uh, a hardware hero that you partner up with, uh, Dominic, and then you do work with him. How how has that been to give back in in a different way through his organization, Tackles for Cancer? Yeah, yeah, Dominic. Yeah, he's got that Tackles for Cancer organization that uh, really focuses on helping people get um, to their cancer treatments. Because I guess what he had identified is there was a, a need in that area where people sometimes will miss their appointments because they have no way to get to their appointment. Oh, so wow. His, his charity really focuses on that, which I, I think is a, a great underserved, underserved market. So just the ability, I think I've, I've helped him with a, a gala that he put together here in Houston a couple of years ago. And he's, he's done, a, I think, a 5K or something that helped out with that. Uh, and it's just great to see people come out and, and being touched and, and being helped. That's amazing, man. And, it's, and, and I'm glad that you are getting back into the community um, because we, we as cancer survivors, we don't have to, you know, have that turtle shell mentality, right? Like we beat it. We don't want to talk about it. We're like, keep it moving. What cancer who? But we, this is why it's so important that, you know, survivors like me and you are sharing our journey, sharing our stories because it's a, it's truly an inspiration, not just hearing your your journey, but also too just making sure that we make make sure that excuse me that cancer is not a um is not a night a never never ending nightmare excuse me, and um and actually there's always good that comes out of it and so um that's why we met you know and now and now we're here and um and so I um I always ask every guest on on the show um what are at least three positive deposits. Now, positive deposits, what I mean is like three word, three either words, three either uh, strategies, or three things that they um, can take on while they're either going through it. They may find out somebody is having it, and or just want to just you know support. Yeah. So I think the first thing for me is is perspective. Uh, mm. Try to have a positive perspective because it is it's going to be a hard a hard battle. And I think everybody hits, hits a low point at some point in time. And, and I hit a low point. There was a point in time when uh, I had mouth sores really bad. Yeah. And I, I, couldn't, I couldn't eat anything. You know, I was trying to eat. I think it was cream of wheat. And it was just, I couldn't eat it. And I was like, well, maybe if I go to Wendy's and I get a Frosty. You know, I can go to, I'll, I'll get a Frosty and it will, it will cool the mouth sore so I can eat. Yeah. So I drove, and Wendy's was a like a 20 minute drive, like the only Wendy's I knew of to get a win a frosty. So I drove out there, uh, got the frosty and, and it, the cold killed and I couldn't, I couldn't eat it. I was oh, just wow. starving. I was so hungry. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm a man of faith. Uh, and I just remember, you know, thinking of, of the savior's atonement and thinking, you know, I know that you've suffered for me and I know that you can give me strength, uh, you know, I, I really asked, and you, you said you had your why me moment. This is kind of my why me moment. Like, why am I suffering this if you've already suffered it? Mm. 
and, and I realized that at that moment that I needed to suffer so I could help others when I got through this. So I could know what it felt like to be able to be compassionate to others and to, and to, to serve others. And I also realized that although I thought he wasn't there, he was there. Uh, he was right beside me. Uh, and I'm sure it took, you know, everything, everything in ounce of courage or anything just to not take it from me, but to let me go through and do that. And I think that pers the perspective of knowing that the, the Savior is there. Um, another thing that gives me perspective as well is, you know, I, I, I'm a, I'm a, not, I wouldn't say perfectionist, but a high achiever. I, I like, I, I like to excel. I, I like to, to do good things. And I'm part of myself. Set the bar I'm, high. And yeah, yeah. Keep, keep going and keep going. Yeah. And when I fall short, I get pretty hard on myself. And that was especially true in athletics growing up. Yeah. And, and after one particular basketball game, I think I may have been in the eighth or ninth grade. I didn't play it to my expectations and I was really down. And my dad came down and he gave me a, a pep talk uh, mm -hmm. later that when we got home that evening. And he said one thing that's always stuck with me. I don't remember the whole conversation, but he said, you know, there's always someone worse off than you. Mm. And I think that's true for most people, right? Obviously there's somebody that's not true for, but for, for most of us, I think that statement is true. And it really just helps me realize that, okay, no matter how bad things are, we can find a positive in this. We can be grateful for something. We can keep moving forward. So I think perception is, uh, is, is key. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, let's see. My you got one more. I got uh, perspective. Yeah. I got perception. <laughs> you no, got another piece? Give you more. I think also to remember as you're going through something like this, you know, we're, we're comprised of our mental selves, our, our physical selves and our spiritual selves, you know, all three of those, I think work in harmony yeah. together. And, and if you're unhealthy in one area, you're, you're going to be unhealthy in, in all of them. Right, right. I think as, as you're going through this, um, you know, if, if you're someone of faith, really rely on that faith. Uh, from the mental health aspect, you know, I, I didn't have as much, I think, mental health aspect during it. But afterwards, I had, you know, like cancer, anxiety and, and things like that. It, you know, every, every new pain I had is like, oh, no, is that, is that a tumor? Or, Man, you know what tell I mean? me about it. Sheesh. I still have some. I've been like, Hold up, I need to go to the doctor right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And then it's like nothing. So Right. So so I think just remembering that to take care of all three parts of ourselves, uh, make sure we're eating eating right and um I I think that's key. Awesome. Awesome. I guess, I guess my third one would be uh to kind of to serve others. And that, and that's hard. I, I would say serve others, but allow yourself to be served when needed. Oh, that's good. That's good. I like that one. Yeah, because I think I think most people want to help. Generally, want to help people when they see someone in need, regardless of of national origin, sex, color, whatever. People naturally want to help. Yeah, and that's great. And if you can do that and serve others, lose yourself. That, that's going to help you. But when the time is time comes for you to be served. You know, allow yourself to be served and be okay with it. And for me, that's hard. I, I'm sure that's probably hard for most people. Yeah, man. But um, there's, there's, there's true blessings in allowing other people to serve you too because it gives them the opportunity to serve somebody. 
and also touches their lives. Man, that, that was amazing. And so I, I just want to thank you, Ryan, man. Thank you for coming on to the Positive Deposit podcast, man. Uh, I loved hearing your journey. Your Positive Deposit was very deep. Um, uh, it's it, it's very inspiring. I'm, I'm gonna take some of those, so don't 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 be mad at me. No um, worries. No worries. Um, if so, how can we follow you? How can we, you know, if anybody wanted to reach out, you know, just just for a prayer or just for some some words of encouragement? Are you on Instagram? Are you on Facebook? How can we? How can folks reach you? Yeah, I'm not very active on social media, but I do have a, a Medium account there where you can find some of the articles okay. I wrote. I think it's Ryan.j.fusen at medium, I think is what it's, what it's at. Okay. Um, but that's, that's the main, main way to reach me. Well, you heard it right there. Go to medium. Um, and he has some, actually has some great articles on there. Um, and, um, you know, if you want to hear more stories like Ryan's, please go to our podcast channel on, uh, YouTube. We have our YouTube channel. We also have our streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts, and um, and Google Podcasts. And so there you have it. You've, you have met Ryan Fusion, and he has definitely transformed minds and changed lives. And so um, also, before I forget, go to our website to hear about his journey and others, www.positivedeposits.org, and also make sure you hit that donate button, because without you guys, this cannot be possible. Signing off.